Hi, this is Kashish. Welcome to a new episode of Business Odyssey. Today, we are joined by Mark Doty, an HR consultant, organizational development and talent director based in the UK with a focus in building extraordinary teams and leading with excellence. We talk about how leadership has evolved, the diverse situational skill set that a person must have, legacy and more. Happy learning. Hello, Mark. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much for your time. And what about if you introduce yourself? I think you are going to do better than me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Mark. Uh, I, I've been in and around learning leadership, management, development nearly all of my career. Uh, typically working for a number of big corporates globally. Uh, from my early career days working for a UK retailer called Sainsbury's, which you may have heard of, um, then through to insurance companies, then global companies such as Hitachi, uh, and then working in uh, telephone telephonics with uh, organizations such as Dell and Motorola. I spent the uh, best part of five years working for Deutsche Bank, and then I went more independently working for uh, Tate and Lyle and Marshall Aerospace, which are companies in the UK. And then, um, you know, I spent um, time off um, being a stay-at-home dad. So I took a career change in 2017 um, to look after, at the time, two babies. One was six months old and one was uh, 18 months old. So, yeah, I've gone through a, a, a personal and professional development experience myself in recent times. Yes, indeed. So uh, maybe after, uh, I will refresh that, maybe before we start talking about the, the topic. Yeah. Can you share, if that's okay with you, can you share what is the best um, thing, or in plural as well, that has happened to you in all these years? If we are talking about from the professional side as well as the yeah. personal side. Gosh, I think, um, you know, the, you know, when you ask that question, your mind goes off racing and thinking of a number of different things that either would resonate with people who hear, hear you and I talking or just have relevance for what can only be described as a very, you know, changing world at the best of times. You know, the world doesn't, uh, the, the world these days seems to be changing almost constantly. Whereas I think back to my early days and early career, it, it felt a little bit more stable. I think in terms of uh, real, I think real successes for me would be, and I'll, I'll call on two, one personal, one professional. Uh, one that I left school very young, uh, 15, I left school with no, no qualifications. Uh, in fact, I uh, walked, out, walked out of school on my last day actually having no qualifications to my name whatsoever. Uh, and uh, had a job to go and join the Royal Navy and thought I was about to be you know, sail the seven seas and have a successful career in the Royal Navy for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And within a short period of time, 
I think six weeks into um, my time in the Royal Navy, uh, I failed a particular test. Um, it wasn't a particular rewarding experience, failing a test in an armed forces, as I'm sure you can realize. Mm -hmm. And in and in reality, I, I grew up very quickly. Um, all of a sudden, I knew that any bluffing or my any stories I may have been good at telling at school to hide my inadequacies at school weren't going to resonate in the in the armed forces. So uh, I had to change my mindset and mentality uh, overnight as a young man at 16. Uh, and uh, really, there's a saying which uh, perhaps is best to, uh, has come from um, the, the movie Apollo 13, um, where the, the phrase is, failure is not an option. And um, at 16, I learned that failure is not an option um, because uh, literally the experience I was going through was that I couldn't fail again. Um, from a personal point of view, um, I I met somebody called Emma in, in 2013. Um, she is the love of my life. I feel like a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm back at school. Um, we only I work here, you know, in terms of you know when I'm doing any sort of thoughts and reading and stuff, I come into a, a little my little office in the garden, which is this, uh, and uh, we text each other twenty, thirty times a day, even though we're in the same house. Uh, we have two great children. <laughs> um, we laugh every day. Uh, it 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 feels a love story. More importantly. Um, I I'm, I feel I'm very fortunate to have found her. She she has transformed my life, um, and I feel very honoured and blessed to be a part of her life. Thank you so much for for sharing those best things that happened to you. And how do I uh, put it this way? From those situations, uh, mm. what can you? share with us about how do you connect those situations with the topic today that is leadership i think the the, the, the sort of the common thread or the red thread through this is that there's um and I've I learned the hard way too through career. You know, if I think about some of the roles I've had through my career, I lost my job two or three times through redundancies or whatever, and that in itself meant that I had to really start to think things through in terms of what was next for me in terms of my role and my career. At, you know, at that time, mm -hmm. I was in my first marriage. I had two young children there as well. So all of a sudden, you know, you can't be. You, you know you can't be selfish you've got to think about that wider piece so if i think translate that through to leadership i think for me there's a another saying that i would say certainly when you're a leader as a more a manager you're on stage 24 7 364 days 365 days a year uh, and i think uh for me you know i i had to be likewise on stage both as a, 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 a you know a, a partner a, a parent to young children uh, and I, I like to think that I role modeled that as best I could. That's not to say I didn't have any, you know, my good and bad days like everybody. We all have them. But I'd like to think there were more good days and that there was a, a legacy that I left as part of being a parent. And also, you know, from a leadership point of view, you know, it's all, for me, it's all about the legacy you leave. Mm -hmm. um, you know, have you moved either 
your team or your organization into a better place than the environment in which you inherited. Um, and if that then is the, you know, in the principle of thinking that through, and you can answer that wholeheartedly, yes, then yes, there's always going to be other people who may have a different view on whether you did do that. But I think in your in your own self-talk, you 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 can say, you know, I can hold my head up and high and say, yeah, you know, most jobs, most situations, most scenarios, most relationships, I'd like to think that um, I was reasonably uh, good and skilled at what I did. And that's not to say I haven't learned from what I did and didn't do, but overall, uh, I am the man today because um, A, I was humble in terms of some of the experiences I've, I went through, and B, I always was uh, conscious of the wider people in which I was either supporting, and C, I was respective of that being on stage twenty four seven. You know, I had to, I had to lead, lean into, and act into a role that I had either in, inherited myself as a partner or a husband or a, a parent or in terms of the roles I did in terms of leading other people. Right. So uh, I have one key quest, one key word that you have say, but I will talk about that later. Uh, okay. Legacy. Um, but right now, uh, I mean, we are talking about leadership. So mm. uh, the first thing actually is to note from your perspective what leadership means today actually and then maybe we can move forward to how leadership has evolved based on your experience for the last 20 years hmm. <laughs> I, th I think in many ways the nature of leadership hasn't necessarily changed I would say perhaps from what I observe and what I read and what I see, certainly today, leadership perhaps is more easily challenged and questioned and called out, whereas perhaps 30 years ago, leadership was something a bit more linear. You could plan for it. You could sort of have a, you know, I can remember working in my, my first job at, once I left the Navy and, and moved into a retailing role and became a, a personnel manager there. That you know, leadership planning and development was all uh, a structured process that, you know, you developed over time. Mm -hmm. And as a result, um, you know, you could almost predict with some certainty, not only what the capability required for leadership was going to be, that you could also, you know, test and check and question potential people in the pipeline to prepare them. Um, today, that that is just simply not the case. I mean, you only have to take the the news on a regular basis as we said at the start of the call in terms of just how volatile the, the world is you know, and i'm bearing in mind what we've also been through in terms of um covid and you know i know that's a common conversation perhaps in terms of post-covid but if we just think of how covid has changed the landscape in terms of people leading that respect in terms of now all of a sudden we have this language called hybrid working or Mm -hmm. uh, and you know to a large extent that wasn't um that wasn't the case i mean i know that colleagues um, uh, that i talk to or you know network friends that i speak to if i think back to when i was last at work you know there were phones on the desk uh, and now all of a sudden 
you know, here you are and I, we're no longer talking via a phone. You know, we're talking through a headset and yeah, and it's all through this thing called Teams. You know, and so, you know, the very nature of being a leader all of a sudden isn't doing a town hall, although you still do them, or being a leader isn't about having a strategy or a mission, although we still have them. Actually, now being a leader is in the moment uh, and you're called to be a, a leader in the moment constantly and, and it's very immediate. You, you know, you have to respond in the in that moment in time. And actually to prepare leaders, I suspect, for many organisations, to, to I think that they use the word, is it VUCA, the V-U-C-A, the VUCA world, mm-hmm. um, whereby all of a sudden, actually, um, many leaders are leaning into scenarios and events that are very ambiguous and have no end game and i think i think it's simon sinek who talks about the infinite mindset you know and i think that's very powerful because again going back to my early days leadership was a perhaps a time-bound thing you know i would lead a particular project i would lead a particular integration i would be in this particular leadership role before i moved into my next role mm-hmm. um now organizations are about well i might be leading this as my day-to-day job i may also be leading a project I've also got to lead a team of people who I don't see on a day-to-day basis. I also then have to create a, a leadership mindset whereby my own self-talk is to be a great role model and leading people, but I'm having to do that through a, a medium that perhaps I've only started to learn over the last two years, and all of a sudden I'm having to use behaviour and sort of gestures that I'm not necessarily used to. So how is my image understood and how is my personality and persona uh, referenced with the people I lead? You know, it's a, it's, it's, it, leadership today is very, uh, there's so many unwritten rules and I still don't think we know, I think potentially in time, organizations will look back at this period, you know, post the early days, post COVID, whereby, um, there, there perhaps will be some celebration of saying, well, we, we got through it, but I'm not too sure how we got through it. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I I was thinking about um, what are, and I'm not sure if I must call that way, um, but let's say it's right now and maybe then we, we refresh, but Based on that, what are the skills, if we have to put a name, that um, an individual has Mm. to Mm. manage when they find um, in a leadership role? Uh, Today, you mean? Well, I think the... And I'm making that to some extent this 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 perhaps it plays out in, in other parts of the world, but certainly in, in, in Europe, my answer to to your question would be, you know, my lens is more from talking to friends, etc., from a European perspective. Well, first of all, we have to recognize that we have four generations at work. So we have the baby boomers from the 60s to the generation Zs, you know, in the the latter uh, or the early noughties. So all of a sudden. Having four generations at work is, uh, I think, is a, a particular challenge for leaders, and you and and I say that for for a couple of reasons. One, 
the baby booners like myself perhaps look for leaders in terms of structure and content and acting in a certain way because literally leadership has been so well defined over the years in terms of whether it be uh, leadership programs that you might find at a Harvard or a, any particular business school around the world you know leadership was very clearly defined uh, and um, and we all got sucked into what that leadership looked like if you were to talk to a Gen Z Gen Y sort of um, person today my suspicions would be that they would see leadership as totally different to that I, I, I understand mm -hmm. areas like ESG now are more important to uh, Gen Ys and Gen Zs. I understand that they, uh, you know, they don't follow their parents' lifestyle of working and commuting uh, 12, 13, 14 hours a day because they used to see that and then they used to see their parents being spit out by organisations because they'd made a mistake and their parents had made redundant. So the Gen Ys and Gen Zs don't necessarily fall for the, the fables and the stories that leaders, some leaders um, you know, um, put, uh, sort of allow themselves to to discuss with their people, and as a result, there are I think the Gen Ys and Gen Zs are more discerning. They're more questioning. They're more rebellious, perhaps more rebellious than I was um, at work. Uh, and I think that's that's difficult for some leaders to to handle. Uh, I think because the, um, I think there is an area where. The, the Gen Ys and the Gen Zs become sort of very rule-bound and very uh, questioning of what organisations are doing and hold them to account more so than any other perhaps employees and colleagues have done before. And that that demands a different way of leading the leaders. Um, all of a sudden, uh, instead of the leaders thinking that employees will believe them, because that's what leaders, you know, a good leader will, will, will hopefully have and have that followership, uh, Today, I suspect leading now is about trying to convince people and trying to have a sense of purpose and what the organisation is all about. And as Simon Sinek talks about, what's the why? What is the why? And if you're not very good at a leader explaining the why and being clear on the purpose, then you've already lost the battle. So if that you know helps shape the, the conversation in this part of our call, then... That's where I think there is a big difference. Um, today, we have a more discerning, as if the leaders in organisations have to work with more discerning, more critical, more challenging employees than any other leader has had before. Mm -hmm. um, can I add? Um, I mean, this at least this point of view from this side of the world, add to yeah. that. Um, I have like kind of experience and I have seen both actually. Yes. One is um, the different generation actually that start asking the why. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you are a um, baby boomer or a millennial, mm. they are starting mm. why. And mm. the leadership are not prepared mm -hmm. to answer that question. So they leave the organization because they mm -hmm. don't feel like they are having a purpose there. And mm. then there are other people that um, they know the why. Mm. They don't have the full resources because here is different. Mm. 
when it comes to resources. Um, mm. So, nevertheless, I mean, the state and an organization that the leaderships can answer the why. It doesn't mm. matter if you are a baby movement, a generation Y or C, mm. or mm. a millennial as well. My point with this is we have both, but when it's come to the second situation, there are just only a few people here that we have seen that have the skill to yes. manage with difference and communicate well with different yes. generations. And the other point with that is, I would like to see more about more people mm -hmm. like that. And I would like to see, not just here, uh, mm. but over the world actually, could be, mm. um, some people could see like a, an utopy right now while I'm saying, uh, but the important or the what's to understand actually that building those kind of long-term relationship and those mm. kinds of trust has an impact on how do you lead actually and in particular with the different generations so that's what we see from this side of the world actually i, I think we're no sim we're not you know there's very there's similarity i think maybe just to build on what you said and and maybe offer some new narrative to the story mm. i think being a leader today is there's no there's no sort of uh, if I again think back to my early days you know if I was doing leadership development I'd be talking about Maslow's hierarchy from the 50s and McGregor's theory of motivation and and the Maslow's pyramid etc and Hertzberg's theory uh, you know there's all these theories all these models and we could put our leaders through and we could get a sense of well this is you know if you want to uh, do X or Y or do A, B or C as a leader, then these are the models, these are the frameworks, and this will make you a great leader. I mean, I know I'm you know, embellishing the story a bit, but you know, you get a, a sense. Where do leaders get their models from today? Where do leaders get their stories from today? Where do leaders get their sort of guidance from today? Because I don't see business schools doing any of this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of, say, helping leaders communicate to a, a greater audience if we look at you know from some of the, the material i either research or, or read you'll see that um you know whether it be tiktok or instagram you know that you know, I, I think <laughs> if i even if i take the uk there's an interesting stat in the uk uh, that says um by uh, this time next year 55 percent of the working population in the UK will be either Gen Y or Gen Z. So now how do, now how do that group get their information? They that that group get their information through networks, they get their information through platforms of technology. And yet most of our senior most of the senior leaders in organizations probably don't even know what TikTok is or even don't use Facebook or Instagram. And I know Facebook perhaps is a bit old now for some of this generation. But there will be other apps there'll be other platforms coming down the, down the road um so how do you create fellowship as a leader now then how do you convince them on the why how do you get a sense of purpose across when actually there is a distrust of you 
as a leader. I mean, if you think of, um, uh, again, from my own experience back in the time, you organisations tended to perhaps avoid certain questions of leaders around uh, for employees to say, well, how much do you trust your leaders or how much do you have faith in your leaders? How much do you sort of aspire to follow what your leaders are, are directing you towards? I mean, the the, the, the the sort of essence and the sharpness of those questions need to play out today in an organisation where it's just an infinite day. You know, today will be no different, will be, will be very different compared to yesterday. And whether it be the news or this or that, everything, the whole day, can't be planned can't it's, it's so ambiguous it's sort of you can't even predict with some certainty what will be happening next week to fluctuations in stock markets or prices or mm. volumes so it's almost like saying the the, the, you know, the, the childhood the, the childhood story about the emperor and, uh, has no clothes um why would i as a 20 year old something believe in you mark as a 40 year old something uh, if about what's going to happen next week, because you 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 don't know. Um, but perhaps, of course, 30, 40 years ago, we could predict leadership because we could predict the future to some extent. Now we can't, and so it really there's a total different skill set for leaders about being more humble, about not knowing the answer, about not knowing, um, and it's about creating that sort of followership in a totally different way which I don't feel many leaders are prepared for or even prepared to accept because their the default position is to is to uh, if you look at the business schools today mm-hmm. and if you look at some of the leadership books today it's all about traditional ways of leading uh, n- not leading in a post covid world I'm here <laughs> So uh actually so what would we say i mean to summarize what would you say that those skill sets are i mean it's not just one because they are changing while the days or the weeks or the months yes. are changing so um that right now when it's come event uh you said it before with the hybrid workplace so mm. What is the impact that having those skills or not having those skills or develop development those skills or not development those skills? Mm. Uh, what is the impact that has on the person that is leading and of course within the team and the organization? What springs to mind when you ask that question, and certainly when I've had other conversations again with you know friends in in recent weeks and months, as we do, um, you know, I, I I would put a leadership role today on a par or similar to the role of a as you say a conductor of an orchestra. I see. So mm-hmm. the conductor of the orchestra is sort of the one who sets the rhythm who sets the beat and brings people in and out um of you know of of the the music that's being played in order for the you know the orchestra as a whole to create 
you know a beautiful piece of work and if i transcend that story into work into work i'd say a leader is exactly the same because all of a sudden you know a conductor is not expected to play musical instruments um and likewise a leader isn't expected to know everything about the organization anymore because they can't because it's just too you know the, the amount of change that's going on and the amount of sort of um issues that they have to respond to they don't have the knowledge or the experience or the wisdom in order to solve a particular issue or problem but they can guide and they can and, and they can bring people in and out and they can play the tune accordingly and that, that for me is where leadership has to be now it has to be that sort of uh still on the platform if you want to or still on the stage still someone to go <laughs> to still someone who potentially can offer you there a few insights and wisdom uh, and some still someone who can coach and give you some feedback maybe a little bit higher this time a little bit lower next time or come in a little bit quicker you know that's where I see leadership today almost in the moment coaching in the moment sort of observations in the moment thinking bringing group think together but with this in the spirit of I don't know the answer but I will mm -hmm. I will love you. I will care for you. I will encourage you. I will hold. Uh, I will have you back. Your back. But you know, directionally, this is where I think we need to go. Directionally, this is where I think we need to. Be, what we need to be focused on. Directionally, these are the sort of passions I have. Directionally, this is the sort of thing I know what success looks like. But it's over to you as my musicians to create the music for me because I can only help. I can only bring part of the story together, and it, and if in, in if this conductor of the orchestra model makes sense, and as we talk, then that's you know it, it's spiritually in my head where I think leaders have to be. They can no longer be this sort of person at the front of an organisation who has all the knowledge and knows what's going to happen next because they simply don't. Mm -hmm. Does oh. that work as a model for you? <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, actually resonates with me, uh, the orchestra, because uh, actually I was, uh, when I was uh, in Saudi, I actually saw a documental about um, uh, the first woman that is mm -hmm. the leader of that orchestra, and uh, she's well known in the industry, but right. it's the first one, and she fought against all the paradigms Paradigmas, yeah. sorry. Um, and she is well known on the industry. Mm. And what are the resources, what are the techniques that we, she used and she used today, actually, mm. to build the team, to teach others mm. to have the same role as she. So, mm. From that point of view, yes, it resonates with me. And from the organizational level, yes. I mean, yes, you have to be curious enough to know what the organization is, what are all the stakeholders, what the business do, what's the mm. impact that the business has, not only on the people, but within the customer, within the society, and so on. Mm. And you have to be humble enough to say, I don't know. I don't have the answer, and mm -hmm. that's okay. It's mm -hmm. not bad, actually. That's tell me. I think you'll be thought, better thought of actually. if you do. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. 
No, I think you'll be. I think employees, colleagues, you know, whatever the right phrase is in organisation these days. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said to be saying I don't know. There's a lot to be said to be humble because actually I got I made a mistake then, um, and I need you to get me back on track. You know, there's that sort of nature, that style of leadership, which um, is is important because. There is an expectation, as I say, because of the Gen Y and the Gen Z organize, uh, you know, people in our organisations, um, they will no longer stand for that direct sort of command and control leadership, or even the more softer side of command and control, and uh, and and talk about mission and mission and strategy and all that sort of good stuff that papes came out in in the nineties and the two thousands and. Um, yeah, I think there was a book in around about 2010, which I think was came. It was in the in the UK specifically, and and the, the title of the book was um, "Why Should Anybody Be Led by You?" Um, That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it is a good question, uh, yeah. and I think you know it, it, it's almost like saying, "Well, what would be what? What's the what? If if that is an exam question in 2010." Why should anybody be led by you? Um, what's the exam question for 2022? I don't know. But, you know, I, you know, I put it to you know yourselves and your colleagues and your and the audience who are listening today. Uh, why should anybody be led, led by you? Is that the right question to be asking in 2022, or is there something a bit more powerful? I think there's something a bit more powerful, but in the spirit of me thinking here, I can't necessarily think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe we can leave that to the to the audience to, to the audience, so we yeah. get feedback about that. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to talk about two topics. About okay. one is uh, how do you because I I really think that is important and still today it's misunderstanding communication with leadership. Mm -hmm. How do you connect and how do you um, put it to war together side by side to do the uh, to actually lead uh, leading you leading and leading others as well and I will left the other one to the end <laughs> in some ways it may well be a contradiction to what we've already talked about in some ways I don't necessarily think the, the communi communicating as a leader as as that has changed that much uh, because my experience is most leaders are still rubbish at doing it anyway mm -hmm. um, and and so if we were to just take the some of the basic or bare essentials of communicating um, you know build rapport with me get to know me um, get to get a sense about my values and what's important you know if if, if if you are that, if, you know, people buy into the idea of the conductor of the orchestra idea or even anything else, then, you know, the, there are still some leadership communication skills that are still important around that rapport, getting to know the musicians, getting to know what's important to them um, in terms of values and beliefs. Um, even just say on you know, this scenario today, um, you know, when I look at the news or when I join some web conferences or when I see people talking as I say on the news 
um, we seem to have lost the art of looking at the camera. You know, the, the, you know, we, you know, there is a camera on our computer. It's right in front of us. And it really helps cement that relationship straight away by looking in at that camera. And the amount of people I, I see on calls and presentations who don't look at the camera, they're sometimes looking over here or they're looking over there. And, uh, and that's within their gift. Uh, either they must be missing a point, but surely they know that if they're not looking at the, the person they're talking to. And I... Uh, just notice it next time you either watch the news or somebody coming in or you go on a team conference call or something um or you 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 join a web seminar which i try and do on a regular basis just to you know keep me you know apart from looking after children i just try and keep myself up to speed with everything and uh, i would say there's a good 50 60 percent of people still look a, a different mm -hmm. a, a different way so for me the the, the art of communication has, has not really changed apart from, which is uh, and, and get and gets just do some of the basics right build rapport get to know people understand their values recognize what's important to them look at them in their in, in their in their eye have some good sort of rapport in, in, in reflecting you, you, how they're behaving to you recognize some of their feelings how you feel say are you really sure you're feeling okay today ask them some smart questions because it's because increasingly being um i always say uh well i used to say that you know leadership is a contact <laughs> sport leadership is a contact sport uh you can't do leadership separate you can't you can't you can't be separate from it it's, it's a, it, you know it's like rugby it's like football it's yeah totally sport. agree <laughs> it's the contact sport so a contact sport means you know you need to get in and amongst people mm -hmm. Uh, and and to feel that contact and 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 contact doesn't necessarily mean just you know touching someone, but how do you touch people on teams? You know what? How how does that come out in in conversations you have as a leader in an organisation? How do you how do you touch people on a day to day basis? And you touch people in the words you use and the and and the, and the tone of your voice and the mannerisms and the behaviour you and how you conduct yourself on the camera. Um, and it's these little nuances, these little things in who you are as an individual that make a big difference to the other person at the end of the camera. Mm -hmm. Yes. But they're just the same behaviours as if you're in the office. You know, I used to say to leaders when I worked, worked, worked at, uh, uh, at the bank, uh, uh, you know, Deutsche Bank, um, uh, you have a choice in a morning when you walk through the door, whether you say good morning or not to those on reception, you have a choice when you get into the lift, or whether you say good morning to the person or the people in the lift or ignore them and put your eyes down. You have a choice as soon as you leave the lift and who you meet in the corridor and who you don't speak to and who you do, mm -hmm. do speak to. Each of those points, and you probably heard the phrase before, is a moment of truth. And each of the moment, each uh, and each of the, uh, and as a result of that, uh, of that moment of truth, it's it's as a leader, it's not about what you said, and it's not about what you did, but it's about how you made people feel. Mm -hmm. And you are in a you you're not only in a, as a leader today, you're not only in a contact sport, but you're in the feeling game, and you're in the feeling game more than any anything else before. Mm -hmm. And you have to consciously, in my belief, you have to consciously work at it daily 
especially now in hybrid working environments. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100% agree on that. Mm -hmm. So... My last question is also related uh, between leadership and the, that word you said mm -hmm. that is legacy. Mm. From what I have been seeing, first, I have to say that I am a big fan of the All Blacks uh, mm -hmm. and um, of the book that James Kerr mm -hmm. wrote about them. Um, so that's what is resonate with me. But I have other other colleagues that are from there, actually from, they live in Saudi and they live in, mm -hmm. in England as well, that they are like in the face of retirement, actually, one of them is mm. in Canada, but uh, they are on the, on the stage that they are thinking of the retirement. Mm. And just the short conversation that we have, actually, is about the legacy that they have built but the conversation stopped there and we didn't go a step forward which i plan to do actually but right now um i think both of them are connected when you mm. are a leader and so if you can share because you said the word before <laughs> I ask, actually, if you can share what the meaning for you when it comes to leadership and what are the impact that they have as well? And how do you see both connected? Yeah. Well, I'll build on your story of the All Blacks because you, you may be aware of the, there is a book about the All Blacks called Legacy. Yes, I have it. I read it. I read it like okay. twice or maybe three times, actually. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you'll you'll be familiar with the phrase sweep the sheds. Yes. Okay. So for, for for the listeners who aren't familiar with the phrase, sweep the sheds is all about the all blacks would look after themselves, so they don't need mm -hmm. anybody else to look after them. And that isn't about them being arrogant or sort of um disrespectful to other people. It's actually the complete opposite. Uh, and they have a, a a purpose or a way of being which says that um when we go into a dressing room, we will leave the dressing room far cleaner than when we arrive. And if mm -hmm. you can think about rugby players, I don't know how many is in a rugby team. I'm not necessarily a rugby player myself, but I don't know, 20, 30 people, 30 players potentially. And you can imagine the mess it is. Um, but perhaps, you know, the, you know the, the, the story here is leaders of old would expect other people to tidy up after them. Um, and the All Blacks have a view which says, no, we'll we'll tidy up our own mess and we will look after ourselves and we'll look after each other. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, and as a result, when people come back into the change room, there'll be a legacy which says, oh, my God, you know, this changing room is immaculate. So if that's the brand, you know, that the, the All Blacks perhaps have created as them in their legacy, then for me to translate that story to leadership, I think you can do it in a couple of ways. I mean, what you know, for those leaders listening on today or on the call would say, I'd ask you one a couple of questions. One question would be, what do people say about you when you leave the room or leave the call? So if you're on a team's call or you're in a team meeting, what do people say about you when you leave the call? And how do you know what they say about you? Because whatever they say about you is your brand. 
and your brand is will go before you and stay with you as long as you're in that organization and so i would always be uh you know attuned to that um that brand that you you have just like the old brands all the all blacks uh, brand in terms of their legacy another question i'd ask leaders in terms of their own legacy is um is to is to think about how have you and it's a bit of a cliche question especially at times like this when i'm talking to you um it's but it's, it, the question would simply be around how have you made a difference in time in in the spirit of your time being here in the organization what is either substantially changed or what has been made or where has the difference been created either in terms of how the organization has responded to its customers or how it served its clients or the impact it's had on society so you know if to think about your difference in terms of customers clients and society um and very often i suspect they um you know leaders struggle with that and um because I know I I can think back to my again, you know, days when I've worked with leaders. And we always used to go in and say, okay, well, what's your strategy? Where are you gonna go? What are you gonna do? And I and I somewhat got wise to that because uh, of course leaders always like to tell you what they're going to do or what they're going to, what difference they're going to make or what impact they're going to drive. And uh, and for me, leg a legacy question is also asking a leader, well, what are you not going to do? What are you going to make sure you don't, you know, what, where are the, the boundaries? Where are the limits to what you will and won't do? Where are the, uh, where, where is the, the red line? Where is, where is it that you will make sure that uh, when it comes to it, you will uphold or, or sort of protect certain areas? Because very often when leaders can describe what they're not going to do, apart from the fact that they struggle with it, you know, if you ask a leader, what are you not going to do? Mm -hmm. My bet is they will. My bet is they will take some time to answer it. But usually, when they do answer it, it creates more clarity because they're clear about what they're not going to do than it does do about what they are going to do. You know, well, that's the converseness of the question. Mm -hmm. By asking a leader what you're not going to do is more powerful in terms of understanding what their legacy potentially is going to be. Mm -hmm. I see. Thank you so much for. For that, um, so if we have to, uh, I don't want to put it that way, but um, if we have to summar summarize um, mm. your learnings across all these years when it comes to leadership, yeah. what will you share with us? From from the personal experiences that leadership is a journey, and you know it's, and as a result, it's not so much the destination, but who you're on the journey with. And it's you know you've probably heard that statement before, but mm -hmm. yeah, you know, for me it is, it, it is a, it 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 has been a journey. Um, you are in a, uh, even more so today. You're in a, a world that is very infinite, so there's. There's no stop and start. It's just continuous. Um, 
and how you show up each day is a personal choice in terms of the people you greet, the people you say hello to, and and your and your level of engagement in that. Um, somewhere along the line, you need to have some mental strength to carry you through the good days and the bad days. Mine, as a sixteen-year-old boy, was failure is not an option, uh, and I just got very good at uh, being attuned to that. Um, but equally, later in life, I also realised. Failure is a good thing because sometimes when you get it wrong or it doesn't work, you can learn from it. Um, I think the balance in all that is is that you as you navigate this world, this very complex world, the realization is is that the more you can be a conductor of people and know how to create the right rhythm and the right drum beat and allow people to go off and be the special people they can be when you get that team right, then you build a legacy that is very hard to uh, either replicate, uh, and certainly from an organisational point of view, it's very hard for people to copy because ultimately there is a uniqueness about you as a leader that has honed a way of working with people uh, and because it's because it's a contact sport and it's a contact way of of uh, being you as a leader and uh, and surprisingly still today most people are not very good at leading people mm-hmm. and if you think back if we all think back to our times and when we've enjoyed our work or enjoyed our careers we can probably think of one or two people who have really made a difference so actually, when one or two people really make a difference, the legacy is quite profound. And actually, that's the opportunity for everybody who is either thinking about being a manager or a leader, or even someone who is coming to your point about those in retirement. Um, you can still have a legacy into retirement. You can still have a legacy until your, you know, your final breath. Um, and for me, it's all about how you build relationships with people. Uh, and how you manage those moments of truth. Because ultimately, whilst we don't need to worry about what people say about us in the purest sense, um, we need to be mindful of the shadow we leave in the organisations and within within the people we work with, if we want to be successful in life and in our career. Mm -hmm. A moment of reflection right now. Um, so I want to thank you, Mark, for your time, um, for sharing all this personal and professional knowledge and experience. Um, so here my last question to you. Um, where do people can reach you out? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, if, if anything, I would say um, you know, go and connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, primarily because um, I, had a, I had quite a strong LinkedIn database up until four or five years ago. And then, um, unfortunately, my network, when I became a, a stay-at-home dad looking after a six-month-old, LinkedIn <laughs> wasn't necessarily needed. It was more about uh, 
you know, how do I change nappies in the back of a car when I haven't got a nappy and and it's pouring down with rain? You know, we've all been there for those of us who've got children. So I would say LinkedIn is the best place for me to right. find me. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm always curious about teams and helping leaders lead great teams and um, anybody who's got any insights or thoughts, I'd always welcome them connecting with me on LinkedIn. Right. So we will put that on the episode description as well. So people thank and you. the audience, we will see that. So thank you so much, Mark. has been a pleasure. Hope you, you are enjoying your afternoon. Um, yes. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you very much. And uh, look after yourself, Laura, too. And nice to have spent time with you today. You too and your family. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to everyone who makes these podcasts possible. In particular, thanks to the guest speakers and to you who are on the other side listening. If you liked it and were able to learn something new today, we invite you to share it with your entire network. We also invite you to subscribe to our different channels to follow our latest news. If you are interested in being part of these series, you can apply by clicking on the link that is in the general presentation of the podcast. Until next time. Thank you to the boys. Kashis Wadbani.